you know, I was like, Jess, you know, to my wife, I was like, I, I want to, I think, you know, I want to maybe, I want to try and represent my country. Like that's, I want to keep going. Whatever I'm on right now, I just want to keep going. And I think that's, that's the next thing. And That's Jed Alshwager, Australian rower, world championship silver medalist, national champion, and this week's guest on the Movement Podcast. Hosted by Cameron mackenzie McCarg and brought to you by 776 BC. Welcome, Jed. Hey, mate. Thank you for having me. And uh, for a bit of background, so Jed is a uh, Roan Australia athlete um, in the Paralympic class. Um, and Jed's got a really sort of interesting sort of you know, background in terms of his recent sort of you know, involvement. And you're pretty new to the sport, um, Jed. So, I mean, I think the amazing thing is, you know, for someone who's got some pretty only sort of recent experience in jumping into a boat. Um, it's obviously just been a really good fit for um, for you as a athlete and as a sort of young um, person in terms of jumping in and, and being able to um, make it work for you. Yeah, I think um, uh, like initially, I guess why I chose rowing as far as an avenue of, of looking at um, a possibility to to go to the Paralympics. It was sort of my first sort of preference if you want to call it that it was mainly because i just i really love the water and so moving on water and all of that so i guess that's a big aspect on making a boat go quick is understanding how something can move through water so i, I feel like it, it fit quite well and it's been a very steep trajectory but um yeah it's going well and uh i mean like you know sort of people often look at their lives in chapters and different sort of you know different chapters in terms of what's occurred and and i suppose for you i mean like you know if you're happy to talk about sort of, you know, parts of it, but um, you had a workplace accident in 2015 where you lost a leg. And, you know, obviously um, that was a, um, was a sort of, you know, defining sort of thing that occurred and then um, it's created, you know, different opportunities in a different sort of path for you um, going forward. But um, certainly sort of, you know, during that, you know, event and then sort of beyond that, um, well, let's talk about before, you know, 2015 and what you were doing as a, you know, an athlete or, you know, what sports you were involved in. What was, what were that's, you up to? That's probably the funny thing, mate, because uh, before 2015, I definitely would, I was the furthest thing probably from an athlete. Um, I was, uh, I was sort of, I was, I was 28 just before I had my accident and, and I, I loved surfing, camping. I was sort of an outdoors kind of guy. Um, I was also involved in a band, recently married at that stage. So that was kind of, um, you know, had a ball through my 20s and all that sort of stuff. Um, did a lot of traveling, but sport and, and being off, or, or sort of, I guess, um, you know, the, the, the normal terms of what sport is wasn't really on my radar, even from, from school surfing and, and chasing waves were. So um, for me, what happened when I, when I had my accident, I, I was working in construction uh, for, about, uh, for about eight years prior to my accident. And um, I, was, I headed to work one day, um, had, uh, had an excavator basically tip, roll over and, and crush my foot. And uh, that, that moment there was, was basically, uh, you know, you could call that the beginning of the journey. Cause, and like you said before, there's many chapters to life and being an, an older athlete, if you will, you know, I'm, I'm 34. It's not like I'm that old, but I feel like I've lived many chapters um, completely stark difference to each other as well. So from there, it, was, uh, it wasn't like I had this magical sort of thing that was like, all right, I'm going to be a para athlete now. It was more so I just had this, 
overwhelming feeling of importance of my body and and how much you could in a second you can lose a part of it like literally yeah. lose a part of it and 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 through uh you know through a couple of uh, like early days there I, I described to my wife um you know this is very early this is only a couple of days after my injury we were in hospital and I described to her that I can go two ways here Jess I can go down the path of negativity and destruction and and I said to her, I can see me doing that. I can see that that is a clear option and I can see how that can turn out. And, and it was, you know, it was a sad feeling. And, but I said to her that even two or three days after, I can also see an opportunity and a positive path. And, um, and really not knowing what was ahead of me and down that path. But I was like, I said to her there and then I said, it's a choice. I'm going to make a choice today. And, and my choice is to stay and to go down that positive path. And that really that like kicked off just snowball of positivity like and and not to say that I stayed on that path by any means in the next sort of three six eight twelve months there were times tough times where you know you'd fall off for I'd fall off for a bit you know because of some reason or another and dealing with the mental side of things with the loss of a leg but um it was never for long and it was always okay what can I do now to get back on it and and that was my journey and, and, and rowing hadn't even really come into it at this stage. It was, it was the first gym I'd ever stepped foot into. So the first bit of equipment I'd seen with my own bare eyes were um, in rehab. I'd never been into a gym. So I walked into rehab and I was just itching to go. I was like, I've got, I had this feeling like I've got this body and I've lost a bit of it. I, I need to be uh, like, I was thinking, I was thinking long term. I was like, I want to be a dad. I want to be able to be able, I want to, I want to do the things I wanted to do, you know, previously to losing the leg and so to do that I was like I need to be fit light and strong and those three words fit light and strong came to me in the first week or two and it was that's what I was setting out to do because I knew it was just practical to me I knew if I could achieve them then I would be more able to get around and live a functional normal life if you put it one of the normal brackets there but um, that's kind of what started and then yeah, I was doing uh, doing rehab there for about like, literally every day. My dad, my mum and dad moved down to Adelaide. They live in country South Australia, and they moved up. And my wife could continue work, which she's a teacher. We didn't have any kids at that stage, so life could be normal for, for us in that space. Where my parents could sort of help me get around. I, I, I sort of didn't have a license after losing my leg for a while and all that sort of stuff. So that was amazing time as well. Because also, what came with it was this. I just found myself in moments going, wow, like, I mean, I'm 30, I was 28, 29 at that time. And I've got my dad and my mum caring for me. Like I'm like, I'm a two year old again. And it was a, I look back at it now. I feel so blessed. I'm lucky to have my parents around and, and have them. And those special moments, key points along the way, some really amazing moments I got to spend with my wife and conversations and stuff that, uh, that at the end of the day, I, I, I look back now and, and it was probably about eight months after my injury I had a really big realization that I am a better person a better man a better husband I wasn't a husband oh no I was a husband a better husband a better you know a better person um than before my accident like I had more gratitude and perspective and love and I had all these things that probably were fuller now because of what I've been through and that again was another point in my life where I was like well I remember I remember clearly kind of getting there going wow that's like a checkpoint and then I was like how far can I go with this and then that's about when I was like 
I'd like to represent my country at the Paralympics. So that's kind of when the idea was starting to float around my head about going down that path. That's um, well, it's just such an incredible um, <laughs> run of events. And I mean, like, it's, it's like, mate, it's bloody inspiring because it's sort of, I mean, what's remarkable is that, yeah, like, as you said, like, it's something that has occurred in your life where it would almost be like, you know, the, the logical and easy sort of, you know, um, um, outcome would be to be, you know, negative about it and to actually almost go in a hole of sort of, you know, um, what sort of occurred next. And I mean, what's amazing in terms of just listening to that is just almost just the clarity and sort of independence of you um, very quickly getting to a point and going, um, I'm going to use this as almost sort of, you know, something that is a new chapter and, and sort of create um, these, you know, almost sort of new guidelines or new sort of ways of how I want to approach my life. And was it like, was that, was it independent or were you sort of getting guidance by sort of, you know, people around you? I've, I've got to say, I've got, I've, I've, I developed, whether it was there or after, I mean, I've always been a positive guy. So I've always been a very positive guy. I've always had, I've said it before, like I'm very, very blessed with, with some parents that brought me up with, you know, like with a really good perspective on life. Like we didn't have it overly easy, but yet it was always so much love and so much, thankfulness and stuff in our family and I guess I guess all that I can explain is essentially I was tested I was tested like really really well and um, I'm now thankful for that test but for me it was um, it 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 was really good self-awareness and 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 so but also it was actions and so I speak of a couple things of 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 getting so self-awareness can fall under kind of mindset and where your head's at and that was always first I was always like I need my head to be right. And so that was a daily task of it. Early days, it was like you could call it an arm wrestle, but I would make sure I'd win that arm wrestle most days. And then that arm wrestle got easier to win as the days got on and months got on. And then from there, it was setting goals. And those initial goals were like, all right, I want to walk. And then and then I'd be like, all right, what's the next goal? All right, I want to learn about fitness. And I'd be asking the exercise fizz. It was all based around being healthy and fit. Another thing was just like really understanding what I was up against. And I mean, I wasn't, a, you know, I was, like I said, sport wasn't part of my life beforehand. So I was, you know, I was played in a band. I didn't mind a beer. I was a bit of a, like a, a one of the lads. And, and so I, I knew that when I was talking about that negative path, I knew that I, I knew that after, as soon as my accident happened, I, I said to Jess, I'm, I'm not drink. I didn't drink. I didn't touch an, a, a drink of, of alcohol for 18 months, almost two years. Um, not just purely because I just didn't want my mental state to be at all under any other influence other than a clear on point state of mind or as far as I could, you know, be that way myself. And so it was just putting to action um, and having good self-awareness. Uh, I, I, and then it just, it just, things would become autonomous and, and rather than me really every day going, okay, my head's going this way. I don't need to make it go this way. It would just, it would be autonomous. I'd be feeling gratitude already when I woke up. Um, and early days, it was like simple things. I would get up and I knew that I could. So what you said before was a good example because it was weird. Early days, I had people in the first six months, It, it people were just like, Jed, what? how are you doing this? Because it, it would make more sense if I was depressed and upset. 
it was like it was like the excuse was handed to me it's like and it's a fair enough excuse right like and and that's also one of my biggest things now is is excuses are around us and we can we get them handed every day and we can take them or not and and that was a big one i got a good that was a gold ticket excuse like you can you can you could be depressed for three you know a couple years man and figure it out but i was like i'm not wasting my time there and 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 I always back that up with saying it wasn't easy. It's it was daily, daily attention and work, um, like hard mental work and then physical work. And what that does, as you as you know, as an athlete, as as you know, and anyone knows, it's like if one feeds the other. If you're feeling good, you're going good, and it was just this building process. And I just felt, started to fall in love with fitness, which also adds to feeling good. And then and then it was uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it all sort of started to go. And like I said, I got to a point where I was like, how far can I take this? And, and in my opinion, in that's in that stage, it was like, well, representing my country would be outstanding. So I was, that's, that's what sent me on that journey. Yeah. Was it um like, so just hearing you sort of talk about it, like, were you going off feel and sort of just, you know, the, I suppose, mental sort of state was just driving you know your actions or were you actually pretty methodical about you know i suppose looking at you know a program and a sort of rehab and and sort of and and then having some goals around it or like what's what's your natural state of approach and stuff like that my so my natural state of approach is definitely uh so like like programmed and I like having, so I've got, I had a really, I've got an insane work ethic. That's what's helped me in my rowing career. But that's, that's was pre, pre to my work accident. That's why I was so good at what I did. And I mean, it was only civil construction and managing on mine sites and, and stuff. But my work ethic day to day, clock in, clock off was insane. And so if there was a task there, I could, I could, I enjoyed that task and I would just murder it that day. And so having a really good setup with rehab as far as all right my task all right dad i'm gonna be there by nine like i said the amazing experience i had with my dad you know swinging me around for a couple of months was so he'd pick me up and i would have already stretched and then at home and he'd drive me to rehab and i was like oh i crunched that hour and a half or something and then it was it was i always had needed something to to crunch that day and then as i got more and more independent or, or, or stuff like that i was i slowly layered more things in and the next thing was I started to, I was like, I need to study. And so I went and did advanced diploma in, uh, in uh, advertising and business uh, and marketing and business. And that was 18 months. And while I was doing that, still rehabbing every day, um, the walking was coming along really well. And then, um, and then on top of that, I started, I was like, I need, I, I started to do golf and CrossFit. So these things, this is pre kids as well. It was just things that I needed to do to, to, to sort of, crunch every day and i and that's why i think i liked once i started my fitness journey took me to um joining a good life gym as you know just a, i remember leaving leaving i was still doing rehab but i was like i want to you know get into a gym gym and and i just had no idea still i just but i was that's another thing that it humbled me with this whole experience is you're starting again like you know nothing about anything i know nothing about the world of amputees i know nothing about the world of disabilities i knew nothing about uh fitness i knew nothing anything and so i just there was no pride there i was like i just asked questions to anyone like it was like i wouldn't care i'd pester anyone if i saw that guy at the gym i was like he's around a lot i'm just gonna ask him like what do you do with this movement or whatever and he may not even know what he's talking about but i was so unafraid to just ask and 
I joined a good life and then did that. And, and from there, I was lucky enough that this guy just saw me and he's like, we'll chat. And he's like, well, I've got a CrossFit box around the corner, right close to home. And, um, and I'd seen it on Instagram and stuff like that, CrossFit. And I was always just like, oh, I like those movements and blah, 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 whatever. And, um, and then I just, I did it and I was hooked. I was like full cult status CrossFit, as they all say. I was, I was there every day and, uh, and, and, and still not rowing wasn't still in the, it was just I hadn't really thought about Paralympics or, or anything then it was it was just what's going on here and, and and just ticking those goals and then eventually just wanting to reach for more so it's um I mean because it's sort of you know in some respects like it sounds like you were like a natural born athlete with your um just natural um strengths and and sort of particularly mentally but like you actually were you never sort of had that lined up in front of you just to go, okay, well, this is, I'm, I'm going to have a crack at it. But I mean, just, you know, being task oriented and, and it's sort of interesting, like talking to a lot of athletes, that what's one of the things that's really consistent is that the best athletes in the world um, ask a lot of questions and they're awesome students. And so, you know, it's one of the sort of um, things that I've seen consistently is that, and if, and you're right, like if you can do that with almost, no pride or sort of ego attached to it, then the speed the speed of learning is is pretty amazing in terms of what you can achieve because you're not battling with, okay, well, I need to sort of look like I know what I'm doing even though I have no idea. You're just going, hey, I have no idea. Tell me. That, that's me spot on. That's that's literally how it felt with rowing. And because I guess it was clear I had no idea, I could, I, you know, it, it was that. And also, like, even cutting to, say, uh, one of the, one of the best, like when I rode, I rode 2018 in a pair in 2019 and like, I don't, I didn't come from rowing at all. And but I just was always, whenever I get in a boat with someone, I'm just like, it doesn't like, it's never, it's, it's us in the boat. It's never, you know, it's not your fault. It's not like, like we need to make this go quicker. It was always like, lay it out on the table. Whatever you think is going to make this boat quicker, lay it out on the table. Like there's net there, there shouldn't be any pride or, or whatever. It's always good to just go. The end goal is to, is to go quick. How can you do it? Yeah, and I, and I wonder sort of, well, it sort of sounds like because you were at a different stage and you'd had some, you know, life experiences with work and sort of, you know, what you did in even, I mean, like, it's funny, even with what you did in the band and all that, it's like you're probably coming to it with a different perspective because I like I know, looking, talking personally about my um, journey as an athlete, like you, 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 very early on, I remember you jump into boats and, you're still immature about the idea of working together because you sort of you're trying you've got pride in your own performance and you think you're bringing this to the table and but it's but then after a while you go this boat doesn't go fast unless we <laughs> really figure out how to do this together and um and I think a lot of young rowers sort of you know can learn from that in terms of just very quickly get to a stage of understanding um there's you know there's no point sort of having internal um, competition within your sort of crew outside of just wanting to go fast together. Um, and so, you know, the, the exposure or introduction into rowing, was that like through CrossFit or? A little bit. Yeah. So um, I like, I was absolutely hooked. I, I, I loved it. And, and, uh, but I did see at that time, there wasn't really, you couldn't, take it much further than just being some you know badass adaptive athlete at, at your local box you know um and so 
fortunately now on another topic, the, the CrossFit Games have introduced an adaptive uh, category, and so there's possibilities to, to, to go and sort of represent on that level, which is epic. But um, the yeah, I basically, like I said, I got to a stage I was like, I just you know, I was like Jess, you know, to my wife, I was like, I, I want to, I think, you know, I want to maybe, I want to try and represent my country. Like that's, I want to keep going. Whatever I'm on right now, I just want to keep going, and I think that's that's the next thing. And um, uh, it, funnily enough, is like because she, she, you know, we've been together, like, you know, we've been together since I was, we were 21, and so she's, you know, I changed so much, and as you do, everyone changes, and and it was just, I just remember her initial, just like, even though she'd seen what I'd gone through and it had been an amazing journey, she was still like, really, like, she just couldn't, she's just like, you're not a, you're not a roller, you're not an athlete, like, it just made no sense, and I get it, I totally get it, but. And even in those early days, I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You know, like it was weird. She was hundred percent supportive, but it was more, it was just funny um, how, how you change. But I got to a point where I uh, really, it's long, it's a weird little triangle of people, but my brother knows uh, Lynn Anderson, who is the CEO of Paralympics Australia. I think I'm getting that correct. And basically, my brother was just liaising with her. She, he knows her on a business level and, and, and sort of just saying, this happened to my, this was early in my accident uh, before I was even interested, but just going, this happened to my brother, like, you know, just sort of telling her. And she was just like, oh, keep me posted. Just keep, you know, this is unbeknownst to me, really. He did say he talked to her, but he's like, just keep me posted. Just keep me posted. And then I mentioned it to my brother one day. He's just like, well, I know, Lynn, I know, blah blah blah, like perfect. And then the next day, I got a call from uh, a guy called Tim Matthews, who is uh, ex, yeah, you know, Tim, ex Paralympian. Uh, I've only met him personally once around Sassy, but I was, so I got a call from him, just cold call. I got your number off Lynn, off your brother, blah blah blah. I've heard you're a bit interested. Um, we've already done some, you know, if they want to call it stalking, um, you know, uh, on on socials. So obviously they have a bit of a look at you and they saw a photo of me on an ergo um, and we had a chat for an hour. It was awesome. I was just like, like wicked. I was just, I was, it was my first little like introduction. I was like, this is awesome. And he was just like, what sport would you like? And, and that's when I, I sort of said, I love water. Um, I, I, logistical thing. I live down the West in Adelaide there. And so I'm, I'm about five minute drive from West Lakes. And, and so I was a bit like, well, I'm close to West Lakes. I love the water. Uh, let's, you know, let's look at, you know, kayak or rowing. I said those two things and he's just like, well, next week, uh, Gordon Marks, um, is going to be in town looking at a couple of, uh, looking at a couple of rowers, just, just randomly. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll meet with Gordo. And, and, um, he sent the photo off to Gordo. Gordo gave me a call. Cool. Come, come see, you know, come catch up, Jed. Let's have a chat. And then, um, yeah, I, I met him and uh, at West Lakes. I still remember the first introduction. I spent about an hour down there. I had never seen a, a, a rowing race, right? This was in 2000 and uh, I want to say the start of 2017. Um, and I'd never seen, I was just hanging out there for an hour and I just, I loved what he was about. He was just, just relaxed, dude, um, nonchalant, just cruising around, just, said it how it is um he was somewhat interested and from there i was just like well i've got to go somewhere and and i'm going to apply myself here and, and i wasn't ever i i knew from the get i don't know why but i knew from the get that 
I didn't, I'm not doing this for a social reason or anything. I was like, I want to get to the top. So what do you do? Like, I, I, I dove into it very hard. I think the next week he flew me, it was just so happened that they needed to get some para athletes classified at the 2017 nationals. And so um, flew a couple of us out, just random. And we all sort of got classified just to, just to do that. And then um, I joined a club and it was just like, let's go. And, and I just sort of said to myself that All right, I, I want to go to, I, I want to go to the 2018 nationals and I want to win the single or do well in the single. And I want to get invited to the trials 2018. And I basically had a little under 12 months, about 12 months. Um, and that was my, that was my initial. And, and I knew I didn't, like I said, I, I had this, uh, from the get, I always had this feeling I wasn't doing enough. I knew that I had to learn and lead into it, but it was always like, I know I need to do more. Like I joined a club and, and a club rose three times a week. And I'm like, I'm not going to get to the nationals. I'm not three times a week with a club. So I was like pestering him for, this is like a month after I joined him. I was pestering him for a key. And I was just like, can I drag the single out by myself? And finally they let me do that. And so I was training basically every day and with with a little guidance from my club like it was really really handy around there they had a para coach and a coach there that was guidance there but um i just started to drag it out every day my crossfit coach at that stage had a he's road at school and he's got a really good programming brain so he just had me on the ergs i couldn't do a lot of work on water because i was literally like two three eight five six k's and falling in a lot i was at that stage so it's not like I could put a lot of work in. So I was doing a lot of work on the ergs and just figuring the boat out for the first couple of months. And then, uh, and then we came around to our winter time trials and I just, just dove into them and, and sort of started to get ears pricked up for, from the, from SASI, the South Australian Sports Institute. Um, and yeah, got a, got a partial agree, uh, training agreement with them. And then, I always just, like I said, I had this feeling that I was like, I, I need to do more. Like, what, what, like, I always like, what's the benchmarks? I always wanted to know benchmarkers, benchmark, how people, how quickly they're going on water, all that sort of stuff. And I guess I had that drive. It was just, yeah, an extremely strong drive that, that sort of still sticks with me that, um, just to get there. And, and I was, yeah, lucky enough to do well at that 2018 nationals. So I hit my goal, hit, um, selection and, and make the boat uh, the, the pair in 2018 and yeah it was very steep learning curve I remember I was at world champs in 2018 and I think I'd been rowing for like 18 months or something yeah I mean and and what's I think what's really cool about it too is like you know and like any sport like yeah rowing's got a lot of um, almost stereotypes in terms of where you need to start in the sport and how long it takes and one of the things Actually, I mean, and, I'll, and I'm a sort of, you know, sometimes, um, you know, someone will sort of talk to athletes and just go, it takes a long time. And it's sort of, you know, you need to give yourself time and sort of patience in the sport to build up your knowledge and experience and racecraft and fitness. And um, But, I mean, in some respects, like, you know, you're sort of blowing out of the water some of the stereotypes of, you know, if you have the right intensity and you have the right attitude and, and then you're a real student and not like it's, it's funny because you can be a student of things where you sort of go, yeah, I'm listening. But yet listening is not good enough. You need to go and really figure shit out and you need to sort of really go underneath the surface and go, okay, if my goal is to go and be the best at this, how would you approach it? And I think sort of some athletes 
they jump into a program, they're a bit naive because they, they're in a program and they feel like that's almost enough and they're good at the program. And But um, again, if you're going to be the best, um, you go a lot deeper than just sort of, you know, being um, an athlete who follows a program. And it's sort of, yeah. hundred percent. I think like, uh, you know, when it, when you go, when you're going along and you're just grinding every day doing, you know, big Ks, you know, a lot of our year is made up of a lot of just big Ks and hard sessions. I think one of the things that I'll consistently try and do is, is sometimes you fall yourself, you feel yourself losing intent, like losing like concentration and intent. And you might just be like, and I, and I use my family as a bit of a driver here. I, I go, I go, Jet, I, I catch myself and go, Jed, like you're spending time away from your family. You could be doing whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like you're out here, make the actual most of it. Stop being, stop drifting off or, or losing intent. Like, and I, I would, I, you know, I mean, everyone's human. I'd catch myself like that, you know, whenever. And, and I'd always have to just check it and go, no, bring some intent. You need it, like, actually start, you know, don't just fluff around. Don't get off its water and go, oh, yeah, I just did 20K, but I you know, don't even really remember it. It's like actually bring some intent to the session, individual, like every single session. Um, you know, everyone has shitty days or, or whatever, but um, I think most of all is, is just realising that you can, and I've seen it, I've seen it with other athletes, you can just fluff along. You sort of just fluff along. You can do that in life too. It's like, you just, and, and, and in a way, before my accident, I feel like I was fluffing along a bit. Like I, 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 I was, I was super happy, but I just knew there was more for me. I didn't know where to apply it. I didn't know quite what to do, but I was just earning good money, working, married, but kids were next. It was all very um, set up or not set up. It was just very, it was, you know, predictable in a way. Um, even though I was, a, you know, I was a pretty wild dude and, and always had a lot of fun and, and all, all that, but it was, I felt like I was probably just fluffing along. And, and I think one thing that this showed me is just the importance of every day, every moment, every, every chance and situation and opportunity you get is like, oh, snap, it even happens to me now still. Sometimes you find yourself just, oh, you know, like head somewhere else. It's like, snap out of it, Jed. Like, you, you've got an opportunity here right now. And it might be, it might be the opportunity. You've got an opportunity. You're on water with, you know, racing against someone or, or, or training against someone. It's just like, that's, Let's have, let's have let's have a bit of a go now or something like just always would catch yourself but having that awareness around that intent um, in and out of the water too I think you can really fluff along um, in life as well yeah it's, I mean so through this I mean what, what was the what was the hardest thing to learn or the hardest thing to skill up on when you got into rowing probably like boatcraft balance or studio. I feel like boatcraft and balance I feel that tech, like technically that's my strong suit I feel like I understood I understood that like almost the mechanics I don't even want to call it mechanics because it seems too clunky it's like the flow of a good the way a boat should run I feel like I'm still absolutely learning and I still ask questions I'll ask questions and, and, and as I've gotten more knowledgeable my questions become more specific but I'll still ask heaps of questions especially to my coach like you know like like oh, what about that you know a little bit more intent in and into the catch and out of the catch like if I'm you know just just you know, can we play with that for a bit you know whatever like I'll be I'll be asking questions I, I, I feel like the the uh 
I, I feel like none of that really – I never got to a point where I feel like it's – going well like I feel like I'm learning on the right in the right speed and 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 fit and and finding out um I guess you know like nothing really felt too hard technically um dealing with uh like my impairment there's definitely some issues with like um physically obviously but like more so um the way the body will feel like my right leg's doing a lot and so Knowing, knowing where my limit is, especially, I mean, this will happen with even able body or anyone that's training, got like into it, introduced into a new program or introduced and started training at some sort of elite level or at least achieve, going towards wanting to achieve that. You, you need to really understand that you can't just jump full into it. And, and luckily I was guided early. Like I knew when I joined Sassy, I was like, I want to do hundred percent on what everyone's doing there. On But Jace is like, all right, so this week, for the first couple of months, it's like, you're going to do 60% this week, 60% the next week, maybe 70%. And we just chop it up until I remember like I'd been with Sassy for like six months and I just had my first or I think two big weeks, a proper like, and I remember Jace turned to me and he's like, now we can start doing some work. And I was like, I was cool. I'd just gotten a pontoon. I was just like, jeez. I was like, all right, cool. Like it was just about um, understanding my limits. And then that was on a training uh, training kind of sort of side of things, but also just with my body, understanding that um, there's a part of my head that forgets sometimes that I'm an amputee and I'm out there bashing it away and and and, and I've just, you know, I'll, I'll get little rubs on my stump. There's a few things that can pop up just purely because of my setup that I've got to understand. There's lines there that if I cross those lines could put me out of the boat for a week or two or whatever in early days that would happen. And I wouldn't understand those lines. And I've also conditioned up a lot more. And I'm, I mean, it doesn't really happen now. I know where those lines are, but um, it was more, that's probably the biggest learning um, with, with the rowing side of things. Uh, um, other than the fact that I'm literally learning all the time on, on what makes, you know, a perfect stroke or a boat go quick. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I grasp, the idea well though i feel like off the bat that's helped me um i'm a pretty practical guy and i know how things go together if you know what i mean i used to build stuff and so it just felt that looking at someone rowing or seeing myself rowing i can i understand what it needs to happen it's just now trying to achieve that yeah yeah and it's i mean like i think it's a good perspective because i often think that um you know, the sport is pretty basic and simple when you want to break it down. And, and then you can, you know, you know and I've, I've heard coaches make it sound like this magical thing that sort of occurs. And it's like, yeah, the magical thing is when you go fast, but the actual basics of it's actually pretty simple. And so, um, so you know, you get the simple stuff right and it, and it works. But it's, I mean, like, like it sort of feels like, like, did you have any setbacks? And I mean, and the other question I sort of have is like, how did you deal with, um, the training load of rowing and like sort of you know, obviously it's such a physical sport that you know again like you know um, often you know you talk about well it just takes time to build up that bank of you know baseline fitness and how did you go I mean it, how did you go building that sort of you know baseline fitness was that sort of something that felt pretty like it sounds like you, you love hard work so you know the attitude part was right but physically where were you at with building yeah that? so it was a slow progress process like I feel like I said I joined I started rowing in 2017 early and 
made the 2018 team and that was all quite what it was. Very steep trajectory. Like if you look at my numbers then and everything, it was always just like we, the next month was just, boom, it was just up, you know. And, and um, But I really felt like, yeah, I think it was, the, it was, it was like 2000, it was just before Worlds. It was kind of the after selection before Worlds. Like, and I'd had probably two and a bit years of pretty well good training. And I was like, I'm really starting to just go, oh, well, this is what I feel to be fit, you know, and, and even more again now. I, it really, um, yeah. It, the other thing is at the start of it, what blew me away was you have no idea. I had no idea about rowing. I had no idea on what people did and, and training and what was required. And I remember I started rowing, like I said, got in with Sassy and I was just like one day to one of the boys, Sassy, I was like, do, do we have an off season? I was fully just like, do we have a break? And, and, and he's just like, nah, man. And I'm like, Whoa, like I just blew me. I was just, I, I was like, what have I done? What, am I, what have I done here? And, and I just remember going like, what do you mean? And, and, you know, then asking questions and it's like, yeah, you know, if you don't make the team, you, you know, you probably have a couple of weeks off, but maybe a week off, nothing. And then you start sort of doing some stuff, riding and whatever. And, if you make the team, then you just do that after world champs, and uh, and and that's and then I've learned that that's the case. You know, I'll, I'll, I remember our first world champs. Our race was on the Friday, and, and Gordo's like, "All right, well, your seven days starts from Friday." I was like, "I'm not even home yet." And he's just like, "Yeah, it starts from the Friday." <laughs> I was like, "All right, cool." So I was blown away. I was like, and then that started to really grow. I started to meet and and become friends with some. Um, uh, some Olympian like uh, James McRae is one of them. I started to to really go, wow, dude, these guys are incredible. Guys and girls are incredible because I just used, I, I started to get a taste of what they do, and then I was like, times that by years and then cycles, and I'm like, these these people are absolute animals, and and it made me have a huge appreciation for for what they did and and what they continue to do, and and that's why whenever I yeah any any Olympian. And you get that perspective because a lot of the sports we're used to, mainstream football and all that, I mean, footy players get a nice old break at the end of the year. And it was it was just different. And and I loved it. I loved that about it too. I, I, I always, you know, if, if, generally if something's harder, it makes me more excited. And I was like, wow, I, I really, I was blown away. But I definitely at first was like, wow, okay, like what have I done? And I remember having conversations with my wife because also what happened is, so I started doing this rowing thing and it started going well and the expectation of how often you train and, and where you go and travel started to become more. And I remember that started to be like not affecting us at home, but it was like, what, what are we doing here, Jed? Like, what are you? Yeah. And, and we started it's to learn. Factor. Yeah. It's a massive factor. And we were thinking about having kids and I was like, well, yeah, like I learned real quick that it is just very full time. And I, and I decided early days that I was like, I've got an opportunity here to do this. I'm going to commit to it. And uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going back to work. I'm going to do this. And, and we had, you know, we were able to do that, which was, I'm very fortunate for. And, um, and on top of that, um, uh, yeah, that was a big factor because I wasn't 21 and, and with, with no, you know, with a, with a young missus and I was, I was 20, I was, 29 30 and i was like I, I didn't want to pause my life as far as kids and stuff and so 
that was the decision. I was like, okay, we're going to still do our thing, and 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 so in the, yeah, as well as in the in the last three three and a half four years of rowing, I've also had two kids. One's four, one's two, and and that was a that was probably if you want to ask me what the biggest challenge was, that was probably the biggest challenge, hundred percent. Like in trying to stay on point and train and be prepared for trials and be prepared for. Uh, world champs trials were probably particularly the hardest for 2019 because we had a baby like January and I had to be good in February and and you know what it's like it, there wasn't a lot of yeah, it was tough that was probably the biggest challenge is outside of the sport it was like life needed to continue I, I, I wanted a happy wife I wanted a you know happy everyone needed to be feeling like they were, were having fun and so that was probably the biggest challenge yeah yeah and full respect because I guess I've got I've got two little ones, similar age. And um, I mean, the thing that I just keep sort of thinking about now, particularly when some of them start to play up or it's just how you still sort of, you know, would be at the elite end of sport, sort of, you know, balancing your program and commitments with um, two little ones running around is, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of, that's not an easy task. But, but again, I mean, like the cool thing I sort of think when you're, like the thing that I almost sort of regret is that sort of the um, uh, my kids, you know, when they sort of first um, arrived, weren't around when I was an athlete and weren't around sort of, you know, when I was doing the things because I think that's pretty inspirational for them, even though they're probably not fully aware of what's going on. They're sort of, they've got a dad who's, you know, you know, sort of committed, working hard and doing something that's really unique and cool. And, and I think that's just, that's awesome for, you know, young kids to get that kind of exposure. That's definitely like that has been a, a, a ongoing motivator for when times do get hard. Like, you know, like I know, for instance, that I got to a point in 2019 when we had Aspen in January 7 and I had to be trialing in Feb like 20 or something. And, and I got to a point where, you know, it's just like all, without all the, the, the details, but, you know, she's in the room with us and I wasn't sleeping and uh, it was a really bad three weeks. And, and, and so that only left me like two weeks. And, and I remember saying to my mom, just like, I don't know if I can do it. I was like, I'll tap out this year and I'll go, I'll go prepared for 2020 and, and whatever. I honestly remember having those conversations because I was so tired. And when it gets to the point where like Jet, the, what my, like Jess could, just kind of cop the brunt but she can like as a as just a human being you can only do that for like a number of days and then you're exhausted because then i started to see her just fall like just exhausted and so that's when i'm like well i'm, I'm a dad i'm a husband i need to i need to help and so and and uh she was a great baby too but it was just it's just what happens and i was just I was like, I don't know if I can. And, and it was like that continuous, uh, and mum would, would always whisper that and be like, and so would Jess. It would be like, these kids are going to absolutely, you know, this is a huge thing for them. They don't quite know it yet, like you said, but there is, there, you know, this is special. And and then I remember, yeah, finally getting to trials and doing well and whatnot. And, and it was extra, extra amazing. I just, yeah, I, I that was an incredible feeling. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, that's been the big, that the hardest thing, but also n- now in saying it, it's like, it's the best thing. Having kids has been, uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly the, the best thing I've, I've ever done. So, um, I've just, I've done, done it all at the same time. So <laughs> I know, well, it's, I mean, it's been a busy, well, <laughs> it's been a busy couple of years, but I want to just quickly touch on, so the, um, your first world champs and just, 
you know, you obviously fast track your whole athlete career to very quickly be on the world stage and and successful on the world stage. But you know, just the the emotion and the sort of you know, um, well, sense of achievement sort of you got from that first world champs, like. Give us a bit of sort of, you know... Um, yeah, that, I mean, that. for starters, just being... Uh, I remember the first heat. Like, I just remember feeling so grateful. And also, I don't remember the first heat. Just because I just remember looking across it just before it started. And, and instead of seeing just clubs that I used to see or people that I used to, I'm looking across and seeing different countries, I just remember going, oh, my God, I'm here. I just was, you know, and I, I mean... That was very internal because I'm a I'm a try to keep a pretty cool cat on the external, but I was you know I was very taken back. But then I remember the heat. I was just on. I know the final. Sorry, I, I was just very uh, very present and and um, yeah, I was feeling good. So it was just to to get there and and and, and row there and, and be a part of the journey that is rowing Australia. Um, was really cool that was one of the the one of the cool things about the last few years is is just being around these other athletes traveling with them seeing what they do being a part of the big thing as well as your own individual achievements and individual you know but and and just meeting people um the way that you know certain individuals operate within the team is, is something that you know you can, I look at and I've got a bit of perspective and I go yeah that, that's awesome I just uh, that, everything about it not just not just the race itself but um I do remember just yeah I mean I'm a, I'm a, I wear definitely my heart on my sleeve so I'm an emotional guy at the best of times but uh, I remember coming across the line and being able to stand on the you know get silver and and get up there with you know the other guys and and um it was just an incredible feeling. It was just, uh, I knew there was that time, there was two times, um, that's kind of, it was that time and another time. It was the first single race I did here at Cirque. Um, when I finished the, uh, the, 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 when I went across the finish line and that same feeling happened in 2018, I was like, oh, even though I was just in excruciating pain, I just had this feeling inside going, this is what I want to do. I was like, I remember that, it was like instant confirmation. It wasn't like, Grad, I didn't win gold in, in 2008, but I was just like, this is it. I want to do this. I want to keep doing this. And that feeling was incredible. So, yeah, that was that was 2018. It was, it was awesome. And uh, and obviously, I mean, well, so you're in um, Sydney now and getting ready for trials for, um, for what, you know, is sort of a bit of an uncertain sort of world. But, I mean, you know, this is sort of something all athletes have had to navigate through in the last 12 months i mean how did you cope with you know just the changing landscape of um of events being rescheduled and COVID? and i mean how did that impact you i think um i mean it is I, i've felt like it's impacted individuals differently and and it's just the way that the world is so i think during like through the guts of COVID last year like i was just really good you know it was uh, we were very fortunate in Adelaide we didn't have a really strict lockdown um, and what was a lockdown didn't last that long and so we were able to be on water we I think we had a month off or something um, but a lot of riding in there and and I was from the bat I was very grateful to be waking up every morning and having breakfast with my kids and then I'd take off on the bike rather than getting out in the morning and seeing you know being home about 10 11 o'clock it was I was already lo- looking for the good stuff that was around so um 
however it starts to drag it got to you know it starts it was later in the year and it was like the unknown uh, if, if anyone asks me what the issue is it's it's the unknown like i'm i've dealt with enough stuff in my life to know that it, when something happens you can make most of it and move on and, and start making plans and me as an individual i'm i take to that well uh, i can adapt what's next all right i can i can i can figure that out i can shuffle that around i can find something here that i can work with but the unknown and and you can't i gotta i gotta just sit here and soak it in and that and for for months for for a year basically we're we're 12 months out from last trials where we got canned because of covid and um the unknown part was the hardest to to really deal with and that would come and go motivation um like the workload didn't come and go I stayed consistent however intent would come and go I've spoke about that earlier and that was normal and I would wouldn't get too down on myself it was only a couple times and um I remember one time in particular in my whole life of rowing again not that long but a few years um I had a day off when I wasn't sick I was like I need a day off. I, I and and I just was dealing with what I was dealing with, the unknown, and and it just shows you how tough the year was, you know. On someone for me, that was never an option, and I was like, it's an option today, Jason. I'm not coming in tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, I just I think everyone dealt with it differently, and and um, very fortunate enough to have a, a supportive team around, um, like in in Sassy and Rowing Australia, and and. Um, I think, you know, being involved in, in things like, uh, you know, what, what we got to do with 776 and do those online things, that was all all just sort of made it a little easier, made it just a little, I don't know, it was it was something to do as well as it was something to give and and, and that's always going to make, you know, make you feel good. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was it was interesting, but the biggest, th- the biggest thing is dealing with the unknown. So... There, there still is an unknown, um, but the one thing that I do know is we're trialling um, next week, which is, is just exciting. I, I kept saying to anyone in the last month leading up, I'm, like, I'm just so excited to basically find the answer out. And that answer is, am I quick enough to make the four this year and, and go to Tokyo? You know, am I quick enough to make the four? Am I quick enough to get that seat? And and the answer will be answered and a question will be answered. And, and all I know, every trialing process I've been through now is, is I just, I, I, you got to let all the preconceived ideas on what you think is going on or what, what's happening and just be super honest with yourself and go, I just need to do the best I can every time an opportunity I have. And, and I felt like, I've slowly nailed that process. The last trying process, I just could look at myself in the mirror afterwards and go, yeah, man, I'm happy. This is before the call got made. I'm so happy. Whatever happens, happens. I did, I, you know, I rode well. I did whatever I could. And so that's all I can ask for next week. And, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. But there's still the unknown of the games as well. So, I, I mean, I, I think that that also will come to more through, like vibe after trialing. Um, but, Oh, I hope they obviously initially. I, I, of course, I hope they go ahead, but I also hope that if they don't, it's an earlier call than a later call. Um, and I think everyone can understand why, because you, the closer you get, the more excited you're going to get. So we'll just wait and see how that goes. Um, and uh, but again, like I sort of said, is yeah, like if they, if you know, if they, if they say tomorrow it's off again the whole the whole time it's the unknown that's killed me it's like if they say it's off tomorrow then cool 
like yeah i'll be bummed but i'll make plans like i'm gonna get after it and it is something else next you know it's there's other things it's like um the challenge of losing my leg it wasn't i didn't i didn't sleep on that i I didn't sit there and wallow it was let's get on and so um one of the biggest lessons i've learned in this process which is and the lessons are often hard and this one's been hard and i think very very good for me is sometimes you need to let go and so i've had to learn to let go um on the external i probably look like i go with the flow um and i do uh, but also in a in a situation like this where there's a lot riding i need to let go and and on my mum again she comes up in conversation but she's the one that said that she's like you can this is a big lesson and if you can nail this um, it applies to life if you can just let go sometimes and and just have that power to sit there in that state and just be ready when you need to be ready um, then that's a very powerful powerful thing to learn so that's been a huge thing that um, I've been often focusing on when I'm when I'm questioning it yeah yeah and I mean like it's a, yeah it sounds like you've mastered a lot of the um yeah just the mental side of sort of being a really um, complete athlete because, you know, part of, well, so part of an athlete framework is to, you know, be really good at controlling the things you can control. And, you know, that's what the best athletes in the world do. But, but also, equally, not being wound up in things that you can't control and, and you sort of, you know, say let go. It's like just letting go of stuff that, you know, actually outside of your sort of control. Certain, you know, Tokyo is one of those. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm super... Um, positive that it'll get off the ground and I think as much as it's going to feel a bit different you know as a an Olympic and Paralympic Games um, it's it's almost because of what we've gone through or the whole world's gone through in the last 18 months it's going to feel just as special because it's you know the opportunity to still front up and and race the rest of the world and mate, we're super sort of pumped to um, Obviously, you know, see how you go trials, but hopefully sort of follow you uh, sort of into a Tokyo campaign. But, I mean, one of those last questions is, like, we talked about chapters at the start of, uh, you know, this um, this call. Just, like, is is Tokyo the end of a chapter? Like, or is, like, where do you want to go with this? Like, what's what's your goal? I don't, I've, I've definitely, you know, there has been some thought process around it, but, I haven't landed and I don't really expect to land on anything until everything's happened. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is, is my, I think of my kids um, and, and they're just getting like, you know, the next time the next one comes around, you know, Wolf's going to be six. Um, I just, yeah, it's just that that's the toss up for me. It's like, it's, it's flexibility um, in normal life, which you don't have as an athlete. Like, we don't you know holiday we don't go on long weekends with and all my friends are starting to have kids it's stuff like that um and so they you know it's always happening you know they're all do, doing stuff so it's just trying to understand what uh what we want to do as a family unit first um and then uh you know it's a big sacrifice for me but obviously it's a, it's also it's just as big for my wife and my kids and and like we said before there's obvious benefits for everyone but it's just how long we want to keep going with that. But on saying that, the other thing that's made it quite weird is, is the fact that it's got pushed out of here and it feels closer, which I mean, it is actually closer. So you're kind of like, well, you know, you might have maybe a bit of a, 
year off or, you know, a bit of a relaxed kind of year and then you go hard for two years and it's there. So, um, and the other thing is, is I, I the, the one thing I know for, for sure is I always want to be testing myself. And so my head's already, my head nonstop thinks about what I can do and, and the CrossFit games and that, that realm would be amazing. Like I'm thinking like that's a space that I really, really enjoy. Um, just doing really crazy, crazy sort of, um, I guess, physical um, achievements is another thing. So um, as far as, as far as knowing sort of how far rowing, I'm going to go with rowing. It's a little unknown, um, but it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to become more clear after kind of Tokyo and stuff like that. But also on top of that, it's, it's, you know, um, I, I, you know, uh, another thing I'm sort of outside of rowing is doing talks at schools, sharing my story, sharing any bit of information or, or um, any sort of uh, good vibe or good good energy that I can sort of um, help out with. And, and, and I did a lot of that in the tail end of last year in Term 4 and, and um, have opportunity to do that at some clubs and, and football clubs and stuff like that in Adelaide um, in the coming months. And that's a space I'd like to really grow and develop as well. So... And I know, um, I've always said in the back of my head, I was like, I'm kind of an all-in guy. And, and I know that that space could be quite cool to get into, but I want to go all-in on it. I want to put as much energy as I'm doing with this rowing thing into something like that. And that can wait, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a matter of just so many hours in a day and, 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 and where do I want to put those hours? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I think what's clear, and I mean, we've spoken... Yeah, heaps of times over the years, but I mean, it's it's like one of those conversations I always, you know, always sort of look forward to, and you know, even sort of, you know, it's just it's pretty inspiring in terms of you know the attitude and and then how you approach things. And I think um, what's what's cool about it is that you know the ability to spread that across as many people as possible, and um, you know, you've gone through some unique circumstances, but. But yes, you know the lessons you've got apply to anyone, and I sort of think that's what's so cool about it. And um, I said sort of at the start of um, you know this podcast, like one of the one of the coolest parts of my job in terms of what we get to do, and we make sort of performance apparel. But this is sort of you know a, an ability to stay connected and sort of talking to athletes about you know what they're sort of doing and what makes them tick and. You know, um, that's, you know, it's just such a sort of um, cool part of my sort of window into um, staying connected with athletes and, um, mate, really enjoyed the, uh, the chat today. Actually, I was, one last thing, I was I was looking at your bio um, on Rowan Australia and I was like, the last bit you've got is your favourite song to listen to is Move Forward by Dr Piffle and the Billet Band. And I was like, I have no idea who this group is. So I put it into, um, put it into the YouTube and I was like, I was starting to watch and I was like, yeah, pretty good energy in this, uh, in this room. And the first video that came up and I was like, is that Jed on the uh, stage there? And it's like, so mate, front and center. I mean, you're a man of many talents because... Um, oh, yeah. That's so had, good that you pulled that up. That's awesome. Uh, you, had, you had everyone in the room um, up and about and um, and I was like, well, he's, he's a pretty good athlete, but he can um, he can get a whole room pretty energised too. Yeah, so. I, I can. I, I've loved, yeah, the music side of things has been a, an amazing outlet for me. I've loved it. And 
Uh, it's fallen off a little bit just because of rowing, but there's still it's still there. The boys are still playing here and there, and um, it was yeah, it is just so fun. That's a that's a I've got a creative side to me too, and and that just tickles that. I love it. Oh, that's um, awesome. And that song is a great song. So- no, I'm all on board, man. I loved it. So, um, um, no, I enjoyed having a chat. Good luck for uh, Charles next week and um, and look forward to staying in touch as you sort of hopefully go beyond that into um, a Tokyo campaign. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, the chat as well, Cam, and the ongoing support from, from 776. So, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you very much. Cool. Okay, we'll let you get back to it. And that concludes this episode of The Movement. Thanks, Jed, for sharing his story, and thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you by 776BC. Find us online at 776BC.com and on social media at 776BC. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends and family. From the whole team at 776BC, we look forward to bringing you the next episode of The Movement.